to be you, don't play to the gallery. So you've got to play for yourself. That's the opportunity and the possibility of just there's just the unknown that's out there. That's the key. You just keep practicing little steps and you suddenly find you've gone a long way. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pin. We were talking about pins and needles. I now need to pin uh, your, your image there, Billy. And... Uh, we were talking earlier on about dyslexia and uh, when I get started, my mind just goes black. <laughs> I end up forgetting everybody's names. <laughs> All right. And I just want to make sure that I've got your name right. So how, how do you pronounce your surname? Is it Schwer? Schwer. 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 It's like the Schweppes. Hey. That's it. You know who. Remember that ad? Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, unfortunately, I was a kiddie sure. and my parents are drinking the gin and tonics. Actually, no, I worked as a bar. Well, I was the oh, I was a bar man, but I was oh, six I foot six and that. 13. So the, the guy that owned the bar thought because I was tall, I was old. But I had this little girly <laughs> voice I hadn't broke. Yeah. But the women always <laughs> used to say, it's a gin and Schweppes tonic. Would you keep on coming back with the opposite cheaper one, Got which it. is the whole game? Got it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we're not... We're not um, we're not overly formal in, in what we're doing because it's it's a nice little sort of puppy quizzy type puppy quizzy puppy chat kind of thing. So it's, it's a kind of normally a relaxed sort of thing, and I think some of the things that we covered earlier on uh, would be quite good to get into. So we'll just see where it goes. We'll just yeah. see where it goes. Okay. So I'll just let my screen settle because I just moved the mouse. There we go. Okay. So hello everybody and welcome back to uh, In the Room with Garvin and George. And today our guest is Billy. Schwer. There you go. I got. I even written it down, and I, I got it wrong. <laughs> Schwer. There you go. And I'm going to get knocked out. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh. It's the beginning of the end already. It's over before it starts. It's over before it starts. I've messed it up again. But I knew that was going to happen. That was. But who cares? We won't worry about that. We'll just carry on doing what we're doing. Nobody will notice. Uh, nobody will notice. Nobody will notice. It'll be fine. No, that's the great thing about it, Billy. You have us <laughs> down to the T. Nobody will notice because there's no damn audience. So therefore. <laughs> It won't Except matter. for the one in America. <laughs> the one we've got the one member now in America, and we're turning up for this one person. We don't know who it is. It's probably Donald Trump or something like that. Yeah. But we have to keep on going for our one valid member of the audience, and that's what we're doing. And we're hoping that multiple. We're going to go up a hundred percent. We're going to find a second one, and that's yeah. our goal for this. That's week. our goal. <laughs> that's our goal this week. What I think is really fascinating is that Garvin and myself have been on a journey for the last two years. We have both had our own sort of, you know, life experiences. Um, and I mentioned a bit earlier on that mine was that having been a filmmaker, then getting into being a lecturer and then sort of crashing out of that and finding my own way forward in, uh, in business, if you like, uh, learning to play the violin. We also discussed that. And, um, what we're finding is that we've now decided that we're going to take more action and positive about the way that we lead our lives, which is where we're going with our film production academy. And what surprised us during the uh, during the pandemic is we've now produced eighty episodes. This is episode eighty, I believe. You're on the eightieth episode of our show, and we can't believe it. Where did that time go? What actually happened? So tell us a little bit about your experiences and where you were. We we had that discussion earlier on about it's it's not about the past, and I know that Garvin is sort of saying, you know. The past is gone. There's nothing we could do about that. We're now here in the present and we're trying to plan how we're going to move forward. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your your experiences leading up to that. 
with the, I, I love that subject because so many of us, me as well, we kind of get stuck in the past. We live in the past. We hanker on to the past. So for me, being a former world champion boxer, upon my retirement, letting go of that past was very difficult because we hear it, we hear it, we see it. We get so attached to our identity because that's who we are. Because I was, I started boxing when I was eight years of age. So I boxed for 23 years as a man. I boxed for an, as an amateur, traveled all around the world, represent my country, had great successes, become a professional boxer at the age of 21, had a great career. I won the British, the Commonwealth, the European. I eventually won the world championships on my fourth attempt. Top of the bill in Las Vegas, the Royal Albert Hall, Wembley Arena, done all of that. Amazing. So that was that was who I was, so to speak. And then when upon my retirement from being a professional boxer, that was the challenge, the struggle that, that I went through a period of, I went for an identity crisis because I was so attached to the past and letting go of that was very, I just found it difficult to do. And the conversation that we were having is about, yeah, you are not your past. That's, and the past doesn't equal your future, right? It's about creating. And what I had to do was reinvent a future. So when I went through a period, a real tough period, so the first two years of my retirement from being a professional boxer, the worst two years of my life, depression, breakdown. I was breaking down. I wrecked my marriage, which ended up in divorce. I was on my way to becoming bankrupt. I eventually lost everything. I crashed and burned, hit rock bottom. I got caught out in the 2008 recession. I had properties repossessed. I had no money, I had no future. I had to move back home to be mum and dad's. So I did that and I had to reinvent, recreate and rebuild myself. And it's kind of that, that was such a, like a, a knockout experience. And really- Billy, I'm gonna make you feel good about yourself. Uh, While you were conquering the world from 18 to 30, wherever that figures. Yeah. Well, I because strange thing is, George told me your age, and you're a better looking 52 than I was. I'll tell you that much for nothing. You're a younger looking 52. I would have put you at 46, but I'm 54. But we started this journey at 52 two years ago. My 52 was my crisis. But I heard some great words there. You were off conquering the world, had done it all, done that, seen that, done the other. Now you gained it all and you lost it all in this timeline. I never left me my, my mammy's house. I was in, I was the Irish kid till 30 going, I hadn't stepped out the front door in my head. I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to do this, that and the other. Pass the cornflakes, ma'am. You know, it, it's, 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 that was... I was doing the opposite. I had, I thought it, I dreamt it. Yes. I didn't actually know what I was even doing, but I'd done nothing. Wow. I, so in that same timeline of 10 and 12 years, I never left the living room. I, I went to college. Yeah, a little bit of paper, you know, a sticker, a sticky sticker on it. Oh, I'd be house marketing this and accountant that. Yes. Living with mammy, going back to home. So you went out, conquered the world. I love it. You're a champion of the world. If all, if you just left and, and rented your own flat in my books, yeah, yeah, because I didn't even achieve that. Now, Irish girls, what happens is if you find that girlfriend, 
she goes, <laughs> I can't live with mommy anymore. So therefore, the only thing that brought me out into the big bad world was the girlfriend, ah, the know. dating scene, the pub scene, because <laughs> it wasn't sneaking the back door or out the window. That ain't going to do it unless you're, you're an acrobat. Yeah. So <laughs> the Irish man, it was leave them. The mammy will let you out and you leave the mammy when you're going to find a mammy's replacement. That's what we do. And we don't need to be champion of the world to do that. But at the same time, that's just dating. Who was I? I didn't know what the hell I was doing from 18. Actually, I was nearly going to say from 18 to 80. And actually, I nearly think I want to. I don't want to know what I'm doing from 18 to 80. I want there always to be some chaos and mystery. I want to, but I want to wake up, get out of the bed and go out. You're, we're starting again at 52 and 54. Yeah. That's what myself and George said. The past, the past, we've only got the present. We can influence the future. And you're already and always have been a champion of the world. It cannot be taken away from you. Yeah. What's next is where we're going. And I, I, I'm reminded of one song, We Are the Champions Queen. I'm not wrong. There's a couple of lyrics in there that <laughs> no time for losers. That we have to scratch that bit and go, there are no, there are no losers in life if you turn up and give it a go. We can't all be champions because someone has to win. But there's this other mentality out there where whoever was second, third, and fourth, if you ran the race, you're a winner. That's in my that's where we have to realize. We're all winners in that context if we're in the race. And I think someone has to physically win, but turn like yo, and I think that's probably gonna be you. We're gonna play second and third, possibly, <laughs> if we're looking. I think one of the perception. Yes, George, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, one of the things that I, I've realized is that quite often you have to learn to make the mistakes to learn. There's a learning process. If we if we were perfect all the time through what we were doing, there's no way that we would learn. So you have to go out there and make mistakes. And I know on the journey that Garvin and I have done, we've, we've been making mistakes. But what we've also got into the habit of doing is say, OK, that was that was a mistake. We've also been looking at what they call the 80-20 rule. You suddenly realize that if you spend 80 20% of your time will achieve 80% of the results. But if you get stuck into the next 80% just to achieve the next 20, you, you've kind of you've spent too much time being a perfectionist. So we suddenly realized, well, hang on a second. We've got a show going out. It's not perfect. What can we learn from that show? What can we discover? And then we kind of go, right, well, that's out. Let it go out with all its imperfections. But the next show will improve upon it. And over the 80 episodes, we've suddenly found that we've gone from me with a white screen in the background with these big earphones on and and Garvin with his snooker table in the background to suddenly having green screen where we can put whatever we want and whatever the sense of the show is, is reflected in that. And we've improved the sound. You know, <laughs> we've, we've we've just working on things. Little things. And I think that's something that uh, is, is very important because quite often the challenge that most people have is they see the end result. They see where they're going and it seems so far away from them that they panic that they can't do it. Where the reality is, if you say, well, actually, just stop there. And one of our guests said, um, how do you eat an elephant one bite of a time? <laughs> and it, all you do is you, you break it down into small component parts. And all you do is deal with the one element that you have to accomplish today. I learned to play the violin doing that. We scared off plenty of cats in the garden. <laughs> They've started to come back now, although the, the birds don't appreciate it. And that's the key. You just keep practicing little steps and you suddenly find you've gone a long way. We were just taking little steps. Now we're at episode 80. Can't believe great, that. It's a great thing you talk about practice. So practice is not about getting it right. 
practice no. is about doing something over and over and over and over again. So as a boxer, so my dad, he taught me how to box when I was eight years of age. And he taught me the fundamental punch, which is the fight winner. I'm an orthodox boxer, so he taught me how to throw a left jab. So when he taught me that and we practiced that, I, I, I would love, no idea, I must have thrown that thousands of times, if not hundreds of thousands of times over the years, trying to perfect it. Now, it wasn't perfect all the time, but there was fleeting moments where it would have been. And I've, I've won championships because of that punch that I learned as an eight-year-old kid. 20 Brilliant. years later, I'm challenging for titles in the world championship stage, and it's all based from the work that I did as an eight-year-old. So it's about Actually, the, the repetition. I yes. just rep I don't even know if it's the right words. I think that the saying is when opportunity meets readiness. Yeah. You, you go, you gotta be ready when that opportunity presents. But if you know, you could be lucky if you're there and take the win. But it, you know, to, to hedge the bet and play the odds, preparation was key. And you no, know, so that's the journey we're now on. We're actually we don't even know what we're preparing for. Are we going to be talk show hosts? Does Graham Norton have to start sweating one? No, it's not <laughs> going to happen. But it's it's just. Two years ago, I said to George, I'm the accidental accountant. I, my, my mother, I'm six foot six. You don't, as I said, you don't mess with Irish mammies. You do what you're told. You go off and do a profession that gives you a job for life so she doesn't have to worry. Yep. I took that route because when I, be, I went off on the accountancy route, it was the Iran-Iraq war back in, I can't even remember the dates. It was, they were threatening the bomb the airports. In, 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 I think it was uh, Germany. My friends were all heading to Germany to work for BMW and summer jobs. And, I, and she said, no, no, I heard on the news. Don't go. I have a friend. Would you like, I can get you a, an apprenticeship, you know, type thing with this bunch. Yeah. And I, so Mammy was saying, you can stay longer in the house. Yeah. I'll get you a job. And uh, I was going, and then I can go to Germany to an unknown something and they might start bombing the airports. No, I was easily swayed. I, I took the now over the future something because yes. <clears throat> it was an easier decision. And But again, it was I don't know if it was the right decision or the wrong decision. I am armed to the teeth in terms of qualifications for being an accountant, but I was never meant to be an accountant. Wow. That was a journey based on conversations at a point in time in the 1990s. Wow. And I don't know what would I, all my friends that went to Germany are multimillionaire captains of industry, this, that, and the other, can speak four languages. And the German girls were quite pretty versus the bunch of Irish ones that I was hanging out with. So I don't know what I lost out on, but it armed me with a certain reassurance that I can have a job for life. I'm never going to want for a job. But from that moment to this, to the time I met George, I, I didn't have a voice. No, I have a voice. It was only out in pubs, in the sense of you had to shout loud over the music to order that drink at the bar, you know, or, or get to know the girls. But at the same time, I, I was never going to be me till I find my voice. I'm actually, I'll let you back in now in a second, because I, I watched a little bit of a video for a couple of seconds on, I think it was TikTok, I shouldn't even be watching, but David Bowie popped up. And he, it was some, he was chatting about back in the past somewhere. He says, if he was impart some knowledge to be you, don't play to the gallery. So you've got to play for yourself mm. because you're, it, you've got to turn up for yourself first, not for what someone else wants you to look like and be. So, I mean, that's what I've learned after 30 years. This time it's find your own voice, 
turn up and be yourself and hopefully somehow figure out how to get paid. But even if you don't, every day you turn up, you're you, and it's not turning up for someone else. I think the practice is something that's really important. Um, I've learned through that just practice, practice, practice. And if you learn certain methodologies and certain processes, it you can apply those processes to anything you want to, and you'll you'll get a result if that's what you're after. You'll you'll accomplish something, and that result could just be simply learning how to talk to another person and have a conversation. Because there's a there's an art and there's a craft in that. I'm seeing my my grandson learning to talk and have conversations with his dad and all that kind of stuff. And you suddenly kind of go, "There's a craft in there. There's a craft in storytelling." Yeah. And and because we're into coaching, counselling, or mentoring. There's a storytelling process going on there. So I'm finding that everything is interlinked and it gets you practicing that storytelling process, which is what we're doing. And it's quite amazing. Got, most, go on, far away there, Gavin. No, I've just got two books in front of me because I say, I'm, I look around the room and I'm going to get Billy a trigger. And I think he'll enjoy it because it's who I perceive Billy to be without knowing Billy and any about, of his background because of where we think we are now. And... So this is your trigger, Billy, in terms of what you should do, right? Here we go. I've got them both. Right. Now, that's our triggers. There's our commonality. We have to realize we can't be giving a damn about anybody else. I love that. We can't be over-criticizing before we even start. And we only have now, so we got to not give it that subtle... The art of not giving a, yeah. a damn. Yeah, Actually, I love of course, I just, it could be PG. Um, if I just butt in there again, Garvin, just very, very quickly, could you explain to the audience, one, because this is also going on audio as well as video, the other is I can't see, Garvin, I can only right. see the Billy. power of now. We touched the power on that. Of now. That was yes. one of the first books I read two years ago, which or, or it was a year and a half ago, the very first show, he said, read something. I think I just read the title. I didn't even go any further than that. I says, that's all that matters for the second. If Because the whole book is going to arrive back at the same thing. It's going to go, there's only now. And we can't worry about the future or the past. But the other book, which is the important one, was for me to embrace the power of now, you know, I had to learn to let go of overthinking. And that was the only way I could step up, talk to the camera, never haven't done it before, and go, it's, I'm just saying to myself, I'm talking to myself there, and I'm talking to George, and I'm talking with you, Billy. Yeah. And there could be six billion people watching, or it could just be us, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's all. The subtle art of not giving a to the audience on the podcast space. Yes. <laughs> Billy, you were talking about the power of now a short time ago when we had a conversation beforehand. Uh, was that was that a book that you'd read as well? Was, and how did that influence you? When I was going through my transition and the tough times that I had. I reached out for, not that book, he's got a later book, it's called The, yeah. the New Earth. And people, you know, people may reach out when they're in times of trouble for the Bible, but I, I, that was my Bible. The New Earth was my Bible. When I was going through my tough times, I reached out and I, I would just open it at any page and it really spoke to me. So that, so Eckhart Tolle has been with me for many, many years, because he so supported me in my transition from being Billy the Boxer to being Billy. It was a real journey, and it's still ongoing. It's not, a, I'm not a done deal, and it's a, 
it's a never ending journey, which is what I love, which is why I love the subject. I love the, I love the topic of personal growing, self-development. I love all that stuff. But Eckhart Tolle made a huge impact in my life. So I would recommend that for people to go and check out The Power Now or The New Earth. That's it. Brilliant. You were talking uh, earlier on about um, that you're a master. Is it the NPL uh, NLP, approach? Master NLP. Neuro Linguistic Programming. Aha, who was that we were talking to lately? Yeah, that, well, that was also Frederica. Yeah, Frederica. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that approach. It's about, it's, it's just language, language patterns. Uh, I've done timeline therapy, coaching. Yeah, it's a really neuro-linguistic program. So neuro-brain, linguistic language, connecting up language. It's just, it's fascinating, that subject, and how we can speak a certain way or catch ourselves speaking a certain way, our patterns of behavior, our patterns of thinking processes, just unraveling all that sort of stuff, the mind, the mind connection, and uh, which I found really fascinating because I'm so I, I, fascinated by why we do what we do and how we do what we do. Why is that? And it's just, it's that kind of really. journey of the experience, which I loved first and foremost for my own self, for my own sanity. I wanted to figure out, what was it that had me go into the ring prepared to die? It's like kill or be killed, life or death. That was my existence. So I was, I've always had a kind of fascination about that. Why are some people more successful than others? Why are some boxers more successful than others? What is that? And is it? And I, I believe that 80% of fights are one in the mind. Because yeah. once you get to a certain level as a boxer, as an athlete, what has somebody, the X factor that, elevate beyond normality is the mind now i have another one i'm gonna throw it in this is hard to believe but i read i've only read four or five books in my life george will tell you and it's like i'm gonna we're gonna give someone another like we get to your book in a minute there's <laughs> what you're talking about right the black belt mastermind uh, daniel serpico but it's the same thing she had a business lost a business she's a champ world champion black belt and or a European champion. I'm not too sure how much of a champion, yeah. but she's a black belt she's and a she's a champion in my books. But and then books, she wrote the book in a similar set of circumstances. She had her business, I think it was a restaurant in the recession, she lost her businesses and went on this journey of NLP and pretty much wrote the book and applied it to herself and a methodology. And I and, and probably something similar to what you're yeah. also doing. But I read her book and again. I saying to George, this could have been 70 episodes ago. I did I took a little bit away. And it's exactly as you said, it's the mind. And that actually comes back to Frederica Murphy's book, which is leading from, I think, Lead Beyond the Edge or Leading from the Edge, which is outside your comfort zone. But she talks about NLP as well. And it's a it's the neuroplasticity of your of your your mind's neural paths, whereby you can reset them, reprogram them. They're malleable. And we can be the you know, rewire them. She's saying yeah. rewire the brain. Yeah. And you can, you know, we might have been the champion of the past of X, but we don't know that we cannot be the champion of Y, Z, ABC. It's the same met it's the same mindset. And that's the great thing about it is to have this growth mindset that we've done it once, we can do it twice, we can do it thrice. It doesn't need to be the same thing, but it's an approach. 
Yes. I know that um, my wife is coming up to retiring. She's she's still in the mid sort of fifties type thing. But what's what's a lot of people fear when they're coming up, and I've spoken to teachers in the past as well who who were frightened to kind of give up what they were doing, because the one thing they actually said was, "Well, what am I going to do? What else can I do?" And I know that again, just through experimenting and and having ups and downs. When you work on a television program for a period of time, you have to let it go at some point. You just you have to get used to it's time to let go. You need to move on to something else and you need to. So quite often what I would have done in the past is knowing that one thing is going to come to an end. I would have actually developed a couple of other projects that I knew would then take over or would lead somewhere or could be put on hold while something else that may have just dropped in uh, had to happen first. And you just you're juggling those around again, not to put yourself under stress. You're managing those processes so that you've got something to go on. And whenever I've had um, sort of experiences, negative experiences, or, or what might seem to be failures or, or downsides, I'm, I'm kind of going, ah, it's okay, because that wasn't going to last forever anyway, and now we're moving on to something else. So if you get those kind of hiccups, you, you've got something else that's there to help you kind of guide you through that kind of process, and you can move on in a more positive way. I mean, we've applied for funding things and whatever, and been turned down left, right, and center. Uh, and, and I think you just kind of go, ah, that's okay. We'll forget about it. We did, we did it. It didn't, we've learned some things from it. There's a great experience out of it. And that's what a lot of my, my wife's work has been is, is looking at how do you learn from things that went wrong and how can you then move on into the future and not dwell on the past, which I think is, is what the problem uh, is. George, uh, George, I like, I like just to add to something that you just said there about all the processes, the methodology that you were doing. So you was getting the next, the next thing lined up. It's like, it's all, it's all a survival strategy. And it's yeah. the brain as human beings, we're so good at surviving. So we're kind of setting ourselves up for the next phase of whatever's going on, all, all like survival based. And lots of us are just living like that. We're not really free, fully self-expressed to be ourselves because we're getting in the way of ourselves and we're kind of surviving life afraid, uncertain, not sure what, how it's going to go and figuring it all out, but we got to survive. And it's I like that, Billy. George was correct in my English, well, or, or my lack of correct English, <laughs> many a show ago, and I was going, no, not survive, thrive. No, I can't pronounce my THs. So it's thrive or wherever it is, I'm going to spit at the camera. Yes. But it's, we, if we set ourselves up to survive, exactly as you said, we might exceed a little bit beyond that and we'll have our basic somethings. We don't, we're not off in a forest to survive. We want to thrive. We don't even know that we're doing that though. It's so unconscious. Survival is yeah. unconscious. We have, and all of a sudden we end up in our forties or fifties going, Oh shit. How did I end up here? It's not where yeah. I want to be. And then the thriving bit of us, maybe I, a lot of guys kind of, we kind of doubt that that's possible now. But then if you look at those books, the, the subtle art of not giving a, yeah. you could read that, then dismantle yourself and get the courage to really step up and rise up. And then, then you've got the opportunity. Yeah. I, I've worked We're with not a, on a path to the grave. We no, can but choose I think, that. We can talk language of pension. We can talk language of I'm 55 to 65 is retirement of 10 years left. But if you like, you know, I think Colonel Sanders set up, you know, KFC when he was 67 or 76 or whatever the figure is, it's 
the, that's the masses and that's the false news. That's the, the our, our learnings that we can't start again. No, that's where our concept of 52 Jokers Wild is. The Joker card there is not the clown. It's the chameleon. It's you can be anything you want to be. And if that doesn't work, you can do it again. Yeah. You can be a seven of clubs, a six of diamonds. You can be the queen, jack and king. You can put on whatever suit you want. You are yeah. the strongest card in the deck with that mindset of Joker. Yeah. One of the things I think people do need to do, they can see that, but the difficulty they have is that quite often they don't believe it. Uh, and they think it's just something that's there thrown in front of them. And a lot of people I've been working with, whether it's journalists who are writing a book and fearing publishing, uh, one of the issues I've had is that a lot of people that come to publish books or publish their films, there's a fear that they have. They kind of get into a dread that at the end of it, they'll be, they'll be exposed and everybody will kind of criticize them and they won't be able to take that. And what I've done with each of the clients is I've got them to slow down because that fear that we were talking about a short time ago is because we're so in the race, we're racing everywhere. We don't have time to think. And by the time we do get home, we're so exhausted that we want to fall asleep. And then we're up again, racing and racing and race. We're not getting the chance to recuperate and rebuild up those reserves. And I know I've said to my wife, look, the first thing you should do for the next month after you retire is, is it doesn't matter if you don't get out of bed for a bit because you need that time to rejuvenate and, and feel refreshed and get that other thing out of your system. And I think that's an important part of the process is most people don't give themselves permission to stop. And sometimes physically or mentally, we're put into those positions where we we come to a screeching halt and we physically can't move forward. And our body's actually saying to us at that particular point in time, until you build up your reserves, you're not going anywhere. There was a guy, and this is where the language thing comes back. In one of, in one of Carl Rogers' statements, he said there was a guy that he was doing therapy with who was an invalid, his, his legs weren't working. And he actually said verbally, I can't go on. And once Carl Rogers had worked with him for a period of time and the guy could start to talk, he suddenly found he could walk again because he wow. could now physically go on. That the mental, the psychological aspect of our brain will stop us physically in our tracks if we don't listen to the outward signs that our body is telling us to do. And I think that's crucial. Most people, they're so locked up into the way that it's more for less. We've got to be, you know, we've got to get profit. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Hustle, so they're actually hustle, killing hustle. themselves. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah, absolutely. I, that. Yeah, just, I mean, as an athlete, I spent most of my life in bed. I'll be eat, sleeping, trading, and in bed because that, George, what, I think you're so important that we just got to acknowledge that we're, we're not machines, we're human beings, and we mm -hmm. do need to. Nutrition is very important. Re, right, hydration is very important. Rest, rejuvenation is so, so key. And we can't expect ourselves to be on full power every day if we're not doing that, if we're not sleeping well. Sleep is so, so important. Those elements, as so if we look at ourselves as a whole, so the guys that I work with, I even get them to get their blood taken to have a look at their hormones. Mm. Have a look at have a look at yourself as a whole, and hormones play a big part in how we feel and how we operate. So look at that. Are your hormones out of balance? And if you could get that in place, that's another thing to consider. There's so many elements to us as a whole which impacts our daily being and daily, how we feel on a daily basis. Actually, what I heard from both of you just there was that you're touching on the health, the wealth, the this, the that, the other. And the last, what George was saying, even with his, you know, his uh, other half, his, his wife, 
just about to stop or retire. You hear the word retire, you think it's over, that's it, stop. Retirement, no, it's retire. It's finish that part of life and career, that job. It's not retire from life. It's actually, she's quite young and it's, it's that stop, but stop, take a break. But now, back to what you were saying, Billy, that, that was the past. What's the new purpose to get out of bed for? An awful lot of people that retire, it is nearly the end game and accelerates quite fast because an awful lot of people have lost that purpose and they haven't identified a new one to replace it. And they don't know what their value is anymore because they knew when they got up from nine to five or nine to seven, they went to... They went there, did this, done that. That was a group of people. They delivered this output, went home, got paid, eat, drink, sleep, do it again. Yeah. We So what was that we're now in our journey of finding maybe, or hopefully finding a number of purposes, maybe a true purpose, and it, it's out there. And we're not, we don't, because we don't know what it is, that's most people's problem. My problem was, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I'm meant to be. I don't know what I should be doing. I know I can do stuff. Is it the right stuff? Actually, that's a film as well, the right stuff. I want to be doing the right stuff. I want to be doing what I can excel at. And I, But you got to go out. you got to step outside virtually or real and interact. And you might find it, it, your, your purpose was something very, very simple. It could have been to give to someone else and empower them and become that trigger. And that might just be what these podcasts are around going, we don't have any answers. I can't answer for myself. But all I know is I've got to step outside the comfort zone and I've got to ask other people, well, what do you think, Billy? What do you think I should be doing? Should I be digging a hole? Should I be, should I be making bread? Should I, should I be going off there? I don't None of us have all the answers. We have to learn them. We have to educate yourself. We have to mix with others and we'll find it. I think it's important also for us to dis- to discover them. Because I, I talk yeah. about happiness because people are looking for happiness. But happiness is not lost. You don't have to look for it. You have to discover it. And it's an, it's an inside job. All the conversation that we're having now is all, it's an inside job. You have to go inward to discover what that is. And that's the journey that I went on because when I was going through my tough times, that I, as, a, as a middle-aged man, I was grappling for a couple of decades about happiness. What is it? Where does it exist? Is it having the car, the house, the lifestyle? So I'm in pursuit of that stuff and I'm getting the stuff and it's making no difference because it's the answer oh. is not there. So then I kind of... What's realized, that actor? Yeah. I realized, I realized, I'm just I remembering... Yeah. The Pursuit of Happiness was one of the most miserable films I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's it. And we're all on that journey trying to pursue it and get it and grasp it. But it ain't anywhere. It's over here. That's the bit to wake up to. What's important, I think, in, in, in most people's lives is to accept that they don't have to solve all the problems. And quite often uh, we are pushed into situations where, uh, and I did, I did a session with someone recently and uh, they were having an issue. And the first thing they said was, how would you solve my problem, George? And I went, well, actually I may have some ideas, but that wouldn't help you. You have to discover them yourself because that's part of the process that we're actually going through. It's about you as an individual discovering. And if you don't know, 
that's okay. Because one of the problems that youngsters have when they're at school, it's like 15, what are you going to do? What are you going to be? What should you go off and do? I don't know. I haven't got the foggiest idea. Oh, well, then you need to. You need to be planning for the next five years and you need to get a career. You need to get a pension. You need to do this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was one of those lucky ones. I was going to go and be a filmmaker. I came from Northamptonshire. My, my careers officer at Williston School was saying, George, there's a boot factory down the road. You should go and work in the boot factory. Don't be silly. You can't be a filmmaker. You can't do this. You can't do that. You want a bet? <laughs> so the thing is, 15 years after that conversation, the boot factory is all shut down. Wow. I am here now, 40, 45 years later, still making videos, making films, doing that passion that I had. But I believed in myself, even though there were lots of critics telling me that I couldn't do stuff. I went, well, do you know what? Other people are. And maybe if I try and do this, this, and this, I might get there. And that was the experiment. That was the journey. I didn't have all the pro I didn't have all the solutions to the problems I was encountering. And there are multiple problems that occurred, but I had practices that we talked about earlier on that allowed me to get around certain obstacles. And that becomes part of the storytelling process. You set your goal, you see where you're going, obstacles come in your way, and you navigate around them so you can realign yourself with your goal. But when you get to your goal at the very end, the reality of the idealized goal that you're trying to do comes into force. And you may have to change your woo, your view and set another goal, but that's okay. That's part of the journey of life. And it's about the discovery and what you've learned on that journey. And I think that's what's important. But people need to give themselves a break first to give themselves a sense of it's okay and to release themselves from thinking that they have to pursue what in many cases is a path to destruction. It's also having a goal, Garvin alluded to it earlier on about, it's like, what, what, like as a boxer, I become the world champion and that was gone. I didn't have a goal beyond the goal. I did, so to speak, I was buying and selling properties. I was doing this, that and the other, but it wasn't really a purposeful goal. There was a void. Now there was a void. So how would I fill the void? And that was the challenge that I had to go on my own personal journey of discovery to figure that out. And I made a complete mess of it. Chaos, chaos everywhere. So then, I, but that was my journey, my personal journey. That I had to go on to then allow myself to experience the, the real dark times and then come into the light, so to speak. And I'm here, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm here today and I'm happier, more fulfilled and satisfied than I've ever been ever. And it's not. That's because you're on their show. It's brilliant. You're right. One, <laughs> Where else listener. would you be as happy as this? <laughs> with that one listener. So hello, that one listener. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We might have to. Actually, I go, here's a little bit of serendipity for you. May 21st, written on my little motivational card. I have a motivational something here. It's a little flip chart. Right. And today's one is, now this, we don't like dating things and saying things like May 21st, because this could be 2027 <laughs> when someone actually Absolutely, gets to listen to yeah. it. And, uh, but I have great belief in the fact that wherever there is chaos, it creates wonderful things. I consider chaos a gift. Wow. Out of chaos. And that is was, where we are. That's, that's today's. Yes. You've just said chaos. You, you couldn't make and that up. You couldn't make I that couldn't, up. And that's where we, that's where we dwell. Because yeah. if there was no chaos, there would be nothing. There'd be, it, it's, everything would be order. And if there was nothing but order, everything is known. There's no evolution and it's got exactly. disrupts. Chaos, from chaos is evolution. From chaos is entrepreneurship. 
is the disruption. And what we're, what we're saying we're on is we are our own personal startup. It's brand us, you, George, yeah. me. We're, we, it's us. If we don't exist, nothing exists. So therefore, we interact with things. We interact with brands. We interact with machinery. We interact with property and people. But it's the story of you, the story of us. It's brand you. If we're not, in, if we're not doing the interaction, then and, and, and actually interacting with chaos and creating our own order of our own understanding, yep. then there's no purpose. One of the things I found is that uh, quite often as people, as individuals, especially as men, we tend to think that we have to shoulder the burden of everything and go off and we, you know, I've got to prove myself, I've got to do this, I have to do the other. And quite often you don't realize that that burden is what's crushing you so much because you haven't reached out to other people. And what I found in the last two years, and I think Garvin's found the same, is our collaboration has, has helped to take some of that burden from one another and allow us to do the things that we enjoy doing most. But it also gives us someone to bounce back ideas with. So collaboration and teamwork becomes so important. It's, it's not about domination. It's actually about opening up the doors, opening up the possibilities. And earlier in the year, we had some interns that were working with us and we were learning so much from them. They were just guys either graduated or, you know, and they had a different way of working. And, and we had to fit into their way of working and try and get into well, how do they think and what do they do and how can we help them so they could help us. And that collaboration gave us a kind of richness to, to what was going on. Mm. And, and I think that's what's helped us now start to reach out because it's only in the last couple of months that we've started to reach out to other people to talk to them and, and, and have a conversation. Because I think there probably was a little bit of fear you know, in the past of why would anybody want to talk to me? I'm nothing in particular. That kind of imposter syndrome that everybody kind of feels. And yet it's only through the conversations because yes. uh, we have a misperception of ourselves quite often. But it's only when we get out and talk to others and they tell us their perceptions of how, you know, that you begin to realize actually maybe things aren't as bad as I thought and, and I should pursue what and you need that encouragement and motivation that's and nurturing. Whole, that's the whole thing there, George. Also for my business, I need to be speaking to more people because once you interact and engage with somebody, now whether, whether they want to buy your service or whatever your thing, whatever you're yeah. doing, I want to, it's not about that. I'm all about interacting and collaborating and seeing where things go, not only for myself, but for, for the other party, who do I know? Who can I connect you with? What's that about? And yeah. So once you have these kind of, that level of conversation, you get a certain level of connectedness, a certain rapport, and there's a lot of goodwill in the, in the space. So then, then we're all going to support one another when it's available, when it's appropriate. It will, it will show itself. That's, that's my belief. But if we're adding value, putting good stuff out there into the world, with a good intention, it's got to come back and it's got to show That's itself it. in a way. But, and ultimately, have you feel good? Because I want to feel good every day. So if I'm doing yeah. that activity every day, it has me feel good. So if I'm waking up in a good mood, feeling good, well, I've, I've kind of won the day. I'm, I'm just getting all the cliches, Billy. You're probably Does Garvin ever say anything else other than cliches? But that's what keeps on popping into my head. It's the pay it forwards, the play it forwards, the turn ups. It will come if you say if you send it out there. But some of the parts is worth more more than the whole. If you pay it forward, the universe will give back. You know that's what they say. If if your intent is good, well then others can't critique you know 
because they're usually going, what's in it for you? Yeah. And what we're going, it's not, it's what we get left with. That's what we're saying. We're hoping to work. And what we get left with is what we get. It's not buy my product, sell, sell this service. Yeah. That will come. That's, that's nearly, they can smell the fear. They can go, oh, I'll drop the price by 10%. It's this, that, the other. No, if they... They look and they see and they hear, they look beyond the personalities, they go, they see the professional, the, the CV is there, you're qualified something, you've got the badge to say you can deliver, then it's a case of there's 3,000 Me Too's out there that I can buy from and we're going, well, the only difference between one qualification and the same qualification somewhere else becomes the you, the brand you again. I want you to buy from me, not him or her, because I'm going to deliver the same service on a functional level, but beyond the functionality, you can trust us. You can work with us. We're not going to overcharge or undercharge. You're going to get the value and it's going to be dressed up in, in what else can we give you too for the same price in the sense of if we can give you more, we'll give you more. It's not going to charge you for every breath we take. And that's what we find when an awful lot of people are doing. They're trying to sell us before they even know us. Then even when we, if we even wanted to buy it, then we feel that the price will keep on going up as, as, as the sentence continues. But look, that's a little bit of the, we want to pay it forward. Another thing I heard you say was indirectly was six degrees of separation. You know, there's that, I don't know if that's the film or the saying, everyone's connected on the planet with, with six degrees of separation. Ireland and England, it's three degrees of separation. So you, if you reach out and you can connect, your level of connection and value of those connections is, a, I think, is nearly exponentially better than an awful lot of other pieces on the planet based on the type of personalities that are in these countries whereby we want to interact, we want to talk, we want to go to the pub, we want to go to the virtual pub. We just don't, we don't want to be in the functional space. We want to be in the relationship space. And that's where I spotted you on LinkedIn in this virtual realm not a week ago. Yeah. And here we are sitting down in a virtual space, having a chit chat as if we were in the pub about life, the universe and everything. And we, didn't, we, didn't even know, we didn't even know that we existed a few days ago. That's it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the, that's the opportunity and the possibility of just, there's just the unknown that's out there. We're so close. We're so close to it. And it's just connecting it, bringing it into our experience. And then, but then it's also, We've got to reach out, take the action to move things forward. Make it real, exactly. Make it real. Otherwise, it just stays out in in existence, but out of out of reach. You got to buy the ticket for the lottery. That's you the can't one. win that's it otherwise. It. That's, that's the one. It. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, that's the one. Sadly, we have come to the end of this show. It's it's gone past so quickly, and there's so much more that we could we could glean from Billy and in the conversation, and and the fact that it's kind of confirmed and given us confirmation of a lot of the experiences that we've had in our life, I think is 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 really good. Which which is why reaching out, as we've talked about, is so important to talk to other people and and explore their experiences and what their their value and and in. Getting beyond the functional, Carvin's talked about that quite a few times. Getting beyond the functional to start to see the real you and the extras that you're 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 providing that gives somebody a sense of well-being. We've talked about during the show the sense of we need to slow down. We need to give ourselves permission to change when those opportunities come, but also that we don't need to solve all the all the problems that are there. We don't need to solve other people's problems. Uh, as much as we, we have been led to believe. 
we need to quite often get out of the rat race and sometimes slow down and start to discover more about who we really are. And I think one of the things that we've discovered through this show is that each of us, Billy, myself and Garvin, have all through the journey that we're currently on started to enjoy life a lot more. Mm -hmm. And that's because we're talking to people we're sharing our experiences and we can relate to their experiences and we, we can see a purpose of where we want to go in our journeys. So I hope everybody's enjoyed this. Thank you, Billy. Shawar, uh, hopefully that's the right pronouncement. We normally get called. Go on, go, I got it wrong again. That's my. You know who? Shawar. Shawar. Billy Shawar. That'll do. Thank you. for, And, and it's great because he didn't beat me up for getting his, his, his name wrong, but he's a really good guy. And I know that we want to talk to Billy again and again and again, because we'd love to see that where he is on his journey. And I think there's a lot of things that we can we can share in our conversation. And it will give us also the encouragement because we all feel that imposter syndrome that, that many people feel out there. And I think by sharing that, showing our vulnerabilities quite often demonstrates our strengths. Whereas sometimes we think we have to be strong and quite often that makes us weak and vulnerable in ways that we can't comprehend. So I've enjoyed the show. Thanks very much for listening. And I think we should all just at this moment say to our one listener, hello, 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 and thank you for listening. Thank you for right. your time. Yeah. Thank you for your time. So this is the end of this show. Uh, thanks, Billy, for joining us this week. Any last words, Garvin? Boys. We are the champions. Well, Billy definitely is. I think we're just contenders, George. But we're Absolutely. not sure what the, what the game is yet. So we're going to turn up. That's what life's about. We're going to play the game. Enjoy the chaos. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. And bye for now. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications. <laughs>